Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. With mixed market bet builders, in-play betting and a selection of welcome offers, make sure your Premier League is spent with BetVictor's premier betting app. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome everyone to the Blue Day podcast and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. On today's show, we're going to be looking back on the recent game against Tottenham Hotspur and if we get enough time, we will be discussing the midweek game against Wren in the Champions League and maybe actually talking about the Seville game coming up during the week. But to join me on this episode is my co-host, of course. He is the mouth of the South who's based up north. He is the man who loves a curry. It is your friend of mine. It's Warren. Warren, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Keith. How are you? I'm uh, not too bad after the uh, game today. I think there's some positives to take from it that we'll discuss, obviously, shortly. But, yeah, good. How are you? I'm all good. Me, me heart's sort of got back to a normal hmm. beat. You know, um, I, I personally hate games like that. Give me either a dominant game whereby we're three nil up at half time and we're cruising. Well, yeah. Or just yeah, just give me a not, game that's where not the beauty of, that's not the beauty of football to do that every you week. You play to win. Football's do, all about yeah, winning. I'm sorry, well. football's all about winning. And I we, don't want four threes. We, and, and we try to win, but the reality of football is. Is, is that sometimes to win, you have to not lose. Oh, of course, and, yes. <clears throat> but we play to win more so than Tottenham, but we'll get on to that. Yes. What, what, we're going to, what we're going to do to start off today, Chelsea supporters, we're going to discuss the game before Tottenham in the Champions League against Rene. And then for the main course, for the main event of the show, we will be talking about the game against our London rival. So, Warren... Let's go back a little bit and discuss the Wren game. The main points from that, we've earned qualification already mm. into the knockout yeah. stages, which is hugely important. If you compare against the teams that are in the competition that are undecided at the moment, whether they're going to qualify or not, I look at the likes of PSG, Man United, mm-hmm. Inter Milan, look <coughs> like they're going to be knocked out, which is a huge blow for them, obviously. But... Yeah, for us, fantastic. Yeah, it couldn't have gone better the first to have qualified after the four games. That's realistically as soon as you can possibly qualify, obviously. Um, I think it was important to have qualified before the Seville game in case the result doesn't go our way there and we didn't want to, you know, have all our hopes on sort of like one game, even if it was against Crescent or at home. Um, I think it's good that we've obviously got it done early. It's a real signal of intent in Europe and it means that we can potentially give players minutes that need minutes and rest players that need resting and stuff um but overall i think it was a decent performance against wren i think wren were probably slightly the better team for anyone that um signed on to the youtube and caught the live stream i did a live stream of it through our blue day podcast youtube channel and uh you know we started off pretty well mason mount was you know brilliant in the middle he was brilliant for the goal of tenacity to win the ball back and then to you know to see the fairly easy ball to Werner and see the more difficult but then to have the vision to see the more difficult ball to Callum Hudson-Odoi and then to have the execution to play it in perfectly for him and a lovely goal for him Adoy as well but I thought on the whole Wren probably deserved something out of the game um, 
I thought they pressed a little bit harder. They worked a little bit harder. They was a bit slicker with their passes. And I called it in the on the live stream that what we needed to not do was have a sloppy 10, 15 minutes before half time like we did against Newcastle because we nearly let Newcastle back in the game. And in the end, Newcastle didn't have enough quality on the day to exploit that, whereas Rene did. Um, I think it was quite an important goal to concede because it might refocus us a little bit. But generally, I thought we was okay. I thought we looked quite good at the back. Zuma and Silva seemed to be forming a bit of a formidable partnership there with Mendy in behind them. Um, Mendy dealt with most things well. There was some nice movement in changing up front. Remember, we're still missing, or at the time at least, we were still missing Havertz and Pulisic. And so um, there's still a lot of uh, attacking talent. There's nearly 100, 200 million pounds worth of player to to bring into that attacking force. So, yeah, we're really, really pleased with the three points. Really, really pleased to see Drew get his goal. Fantastic header. Werner was sloppy quite a lot throughout that match. Mm. I think he's due a rest. I think he's due a bit of a rest. Um, I think he's due a rest against Seville midweek. Uh, I completely um, agree with that. I, I would rest him against Seville, yes. Yeah, I think I can see I think I can see Pudisic coming back in and Adoy coming back in and Havertz coming back in. <coughs> Excuse me. I can see Jorginho coming in. Um... I can imagine, and as per the Quetta playing again, um, I think he'll keep Chill well for the balance and the rhythm, although he doesn't want to risk it. saw today when he got injured, there's a potential risk that we haven't quite got the depth at left back beyond Chill well. We need him, we need him, to, we, we probably need him to play out of the 28 remaining Premier League games. We realistically probably need him to play 25, 26 of them to have a really good season you know that's like that's kind of where I see it I think he's integral to our, our but the balance of our team to be honest with you he seems to favour when he's taken Chua off he has seemed to favour Emerson yeah over Alonso Alonso looked like he's it's nowhere near it, the club is he no I, I think Emerson's probably considered the better defensively isn't he yes yeah yes um absolutely but my thoughts on the Ren game, it was a great performance in regards to what we needed out of the game. Yeah, it's a great result. Fantastic result. And we haven't even mentioned the winner. Not yeah, even mentioned enough. it. was just great. unbelievable. If, if you want to see a mad Chelsea supporter react to a late, late winner, go on the Blue Day podcast YouTube channel. And my co-host here reacted with all the... M- with all the muster he had in him, in Giroud scoring that late winner, and it was a, back. It was a fabulous winner. Unfortunately for Ren, it pretty much killed him. But for Frank, in its you know in his young managerial shit. career, it's great to have that sort of away win. And it kept such it kept the momentum with the club as well because I think that you know by not losing today and getting a clean sheet and everything. It's it's kept the momentum going in that sense as well, and that continued on from the Wren game. I felt that we was, we started the first ten minutes we were slightly better, and then Tottenham found a way to dictate the pace of the game and, and to bring us on to them and then counter attack. I think that we flooded the very very central areas in the second half and stopped them from counter attacking, and we was the much much better team like sort of moving on to today, I, obviously. But the the one thought I would like the one thought excuse me, I just had a bit of hot crumble in my mouth. Um. I did think the one moment in the second half, I did think there was moments where we was losing the midfield battle because I did think a lot of the times Rain were pushing forward a little bit through yeah. the middle and our midfield... They were very intense. They played with a lot of intensity. They were, they, they're, 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 they're a tough really team. Intense. They yeah, are they a are. very tough team. Yeah. I can see them doing very yeah, well definitely. in the French League this season. The, the Europa League. I can see them. I think if they get into the Europa League, I think they yeah, do very yeah. well in that competition. Yeah. Yes, I, yes I, think probably, I think they probably will as well because I, I fancy them crashing the door. And who knows to possibly get a result out of Seville last day as well if they've got a lot riding on it. And Seville haven't got so much, obviously. Then I can see. Well, them it all depends on in midweek, doesn't it, against Seville? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, Absolutely. Before yeah. we do touch bases with the Seville game, Warren, would you? look at the Seville game as a case of we need to win it to get first place or do you yeah because I'm a little bit half and half with it now well the thing is the the thing is with it I suppose look if somebody had said to me you're gonna finish second in the group and you would have qualified after match day four 
spot and you have the opportunity to rest players but you finish second, I would have taken that. I would have taken that because it was a potentially tough group. Ren have proved themselves a decent side. Krasendor have proved against Sevilla and that they that they can pull out a performance and almost a shock result. Obviously, Sevilla are a very good side. They've won about 19 European league uh, titles in the last four years or whatever it is. <laughs> like They just keep winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And they're always up, up and about there in La Liga as well, like consistently, regularly up there. So... I'd have bit your hand off for that. But I think, yeah, we absolutely have to go for the win. I think, you know, Pulisic, if he comes back in and Havertz, if he comes back in and as for the Quetta and one or two others, if they come back in, I've got a real point to prove at the minute because, you know, we're not conceding goals and we're still, you know, apart from today, we're still scoring goals regularly and, you know, we're still fighting for the right result that puts us top of the league. So a lot of people have got a lot to prove and I think a lot of people want to prove a lot to Frank so yeah I can see it. I, I, I fancy us to go out to Sevilla and win I do I fancy us to go out there and do you know what I've, I've got a feeling we could go out there and put in a big performance and go and put a big 3-0 away in or something and make a real statement I've got a really really good feeling about the Sevilla game um, talking about the Sevilla game um, is it 8 o'clock kickoff Sevilla it is an 8 o'clock kickoff yeah so um, I'll be doing a live watch along um, as normal uh, time permitting there shouldn't be an issue because it's the 8 o'clock kickoff so I'll be doing a watch along for that so make sure you check it out on the YouTube channel um, check out our, our, obviously all of our recent content as well like and subscribe but specifically about today's game Keith one thing I noticed we, we struggle sometimes we get the ball and we play it wide and there's no real options from Chilwell and Reese James it's where I want to see Jorginho coming closer to them players on each side from the central midfield role from the deeper role and getting hold of the ball and just do you know what? Against teams like Tottenham, Jose Mourinho, the most important tactic that he must control for in a match to control the game tactically and strategically, the way that he wants to dictate it, is by dictating the pace of the game. Jorginho does that. He takes that away from the opposition. So, I mean, I'm a fanboy of Jorginho. You know I am. But I think that he has to. I think there's times that he has to be in the team, and I think today was one of them. I completely disagree. I don't think we missed Jorginho today. I think the main problem for us today was I agree with you to an extent about James on one side and Chilwell on the other and I have got these on my notes mm. we will we will go through them every time they were putting the ball in the box especially Reese James the only player that was in the box was Tammy yeah Who had I would have wanted Werner on one side like... or Hakim on the other yeah obviously that's not gonna that's not Hakim's game Hakim's game is the inverted winger Inside, yeah. stays on one side, cuts side on the other. I thought he it wasn't his best game today, Hakim. No, it wasn't but he was on the ball game. a lot. It was in the right. It was in the right places. He was on mm. the ball a lot. He worked hard. I mean, the end product didn't quite work. But with a player like that, it's not always going to be perfect. That's the trouble. No, so he, no. His chance. He, he, he should have done a lot better with his chance. And he's still he finding his feet. I think. Yes. I think he's still trying to find his feet. But that was my main point, was the fact that we had a lot of the ball. Mm. Werner was unlucky with his offside goal. Yeah, he was fantastic yeah. effort. Great, great finish, great oh, finish. Just fantastic. Just keeper had no chance. Finish. Keeper didn't, the flag hadn't gone up. No. The keeper had no chance. But, Warren, your thoughts on the eleven before we sort of crack on and in depth with it, you know. Well, please see Tammy starting. People were calling for Giroud maybe to start. Um, obviously, it was good to see Pulisic and Havertz come back in and you know and make their appearances. Um, was a little bit surprised that Jorginho didn't start, uh, and instead of Kovacic. Um, other than that, I think it was pretty much standard. It was pretty much what we expected. The back five is pretty settled now, from Mendy through the centre backs to the full backs. And when Aspedaqueta comes in, it's no problem either. I think we're pretty happy with giving Mount the free roll to go forward or back as he pleases. Um, I don't think the front three linked especially brilliantly today, but I think that was a lot to do with how Tottenham stifled our attacks and stuff. Tottenham were very organised and very good defensively, so um don't think necessarily you judge the front three on their performance today. Although, how, like, However, you will have to start judging their performances on you know the big matches when nothing happens and everything's getting broken up you know the reason we spent hundreds of millions of pounds on our attacking line is because we need them to 
create them moments and create them goals in games like today. So it's disappointing they didn't. However, I'm not at all disappointed with the result. I think it's a good result moving forward. And Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said it before the game that you know if they draw this game and then win five, six, seven games in a row, like after they drew with Man United and Sevilla and they won five, six, seven games in a row, then they'll look at this result as a good result. So I think that's the way to look at it moving forward. So all in all, I'm I'm content and positive as always. Just want to briefly mention Hasselbank again. How nice is it to have an unbiased pundit on Sky? Well, yeah, I want to talk about Roy Keane. Roy Keane is at another level. Yeah. I've got no issues with Roy Keane. He's, he says it like it is. Yes, he's Man United, but I'm, I, I can override that because he tells it like it is and he, but, he, he doesn't give a fuck. But Hasselbank... He's not pandering to these players. At the full, uh, his full time analysis, it was a case of Tammy should have done better. Yeah, yeah, he should have you done know, better. You know, there was, he had three opportunities, and Hasselbank rightfully yeah. said, Tammy needs to be more ruthless. He yeah. needs to be more ruthless with his positioning. He needs to be more of a bully up top. Hasselbank's just describing I think it himself. I think it, was diff- I think it was difficult for him to do that today. He, he consistently had three players, like three big physical strong players in and around him throughout the whole match mm. I think he like you know I think it was difficult for him to impose himself physically today because even though he is very very strong he's not like the biggest but I said it in the in the stream today that uh, them three chances that he had or even the, the first two chances where he got glancing headers from the Reese James crosses I called it that you know Drogba would have scored them mm. And they were my words that Drogba would have scored them. And that's not taking anything away from Tammy. I think Tammy's a fantastic player. I want him to be our first choice number nine going forward. You know, I think he can, he'll just score goals and goals and goals. But there's a few little things he needs to add to his game in the, in the coming months and coming years that, you know, will make him stand out as a top, top striker rather than just a decent striker, you know. I want him to be better than just good. I want them all to be better than just good. I want them all to be fantastic and world class. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so yeah, it was a little bit disappointing, but the second half was really, really good. I think we really showed our intent to go and win the game. The amount of times that Zuma and Silva had the ball 20, 30 yards inside the Tottenham half is unreal. Having Zuma and Silva as a partnership definitely works. So having Silva next to Zuma, I said this earlier in the season, I was talking in regards to how Desai helped John Terry's progression as a defender. Now, I know Zuma's not a young pup anymore, but I do honestly believe we're starting to see the wheels turn a little bit where Silva is making Zuma a better defender. I think think, think Mendy's making Zuma a better defender as well. Yes, I think Mendy's influence on that back four has has made such a difference. Such a difference. I'm not saying Mendy's the best goalkeeper in in the Premier League, not by any such an imagination, because we haven't seen enough of him. No. But the the seed has been planted, and it's just a case of how far it it, it will grow, how Mm -hmm. far this structure, how far this back four can grow. Is it a championship-winning back four? I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I've seen worse back fours. It looks like we're gonna, it looks like we're going to activate the clause to extend Silver's contract by another year as well. Yes. So he's already done enough to prove everything that he needs. Yes. He's to with his fitness and and his determination and his still obviously full commitment to being a professional footballer and stuff. Yeah, he's he's a class act. He does simple little things so brilliantly, and it's hard to even notice some of these. He is a top, top player, and everyone's learning around him. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. So, and also, again, a clean sheet. Mm. A clean and sheet that, against... And another one. Yes. So, for those that feel that it's a disappointing result, yeah, you can take it one or two ways. I'm starting to look at it from more of the positive side. We didn't lose the game. We kept a clean sheet against a team that is now, whether we like it or not, has gone to the top of the league. Top of the league, yeah. We're still unbeaten. Yeah. Well, we've we had lost no. Against, we lost 
against Liverpool, but yeah. Yeah, no, I meant in regards to this in our, we're on because we're well, in our we're current on. run. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I'm still a little bit. I am still a little bit downbeat to have got a draw. I was really really hoping that we'd win today. I'm not like not downbeat, not like a negative way, but I am still a little bit. Sort of, I was so buzzing, and it's like it was, it's almost like a come down now. It's sort of like, ah, oh, how huge a win would have been. Warren was good to see Pulisic and Havertz on the bench, and it was nice to see them come on. Pulisic needs to get rid of that beard to begin with. He looked, <laughs> yeah, he looked different, didn't he? He, he very, I don't know whether he looked different. like uh, extra from the Wolverine sort of franchise films, whether he was trying to maybe look at that or whether he was going for you. I mean, I was going to say he looked, of, uh, he looks like me, didn't he? Really. He's good looking. No, but he did. He tried to make himself busy when he came on. Havertz got on the ball quite a lot. A few opportunities that he could have got the ball wide and he didn't. And I thought that was quite telling because he realised that getting it wide to James and Chilwell when they wasn't in crossing positions wasn't working. Mm. Um, so he tried to play through the middle a little bit more. The referee was awful, didn't let the game flow. Gave loads of yellow cards, stopped any tackles. Well, no, I can't. I can't like we'll mention it, but to, but to be fair, I don't really like discussing the referees in the VAR too much. But he did kill the game off. He gave so many yellow cards. You know what it was? It was like he was scared of a battle of the bridge too. So he just nipped it in the Every bud early and completely time killed off. Every time a Spurs off. player went on the floor, free kick. And Every time a Spurs cards. player got touched, it was a free yellow kick cards. and a yellow card. <clears throat> yeah. What the fuck? I'm sorry, but oh yeah, it was like the referee, the referee was very poor. I don't. I don't think it was about him growing a pair at all. I just think that he didn't want to deal with a certain kind of game, and he's just completely. Do you know what it was? It was the way that Mourinho would have wanted the referee to be, and it did just play into Tottenham's tactics a little bit more. If you had a game that was a lot more flowing, I think that it would have favoured Chelsea an awful lot more. So <clears throat> it was. Um, it was very. It was a very poor performance. Really. And the referee, and it did contribute to the game probably being a bit of a poor one for the neutral to watch. It was a bit of a watch for the purists today, so mm. there wasn't like the greatest deal to sort of talk about apart from obviously the the disallowed goal. And Tammy had a few chances. Tottenham created a few chances as well. Mendy done well with a few few incidents and a few situations, but yeah, it was it wasn't the greatest. Was Kane and Song sort of, on the pitch? Well, no, that second half. half second half I don't remember apart from Kane trying to well in fact I tell you what right Harry Kane right who would genuinely go do his rough and tumble turnover to win a free kick if if a butterfly flew past him (laughs) even he like somebody touched him in the second half and even he didn't go down even Harry Kane didn't go down but still got a free kick for it and even Harry Kane didn't go down from it and Dombele obviously got shot a couple of times from the sniper on top of the shed um, not that they don't all do it, but there was a few incidents where, like Tottenham, obviously becoming a bit renowned now for having sort of eight or nine Neymar reaction level players out there, um, and really trying to stifle the other team and wind the other team. I get it; it's a tactic winding the other team up, but you do it the way that Costa or Drogba used to. You don't do it by cheating like that. Like, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, he did take a lot away from the game. The referee, I feel. Zuma nearly copped up though at the end, didn't he? Oh, there's a couple of moments in the second half, wasn't there? Oh, oh yes. That La Celso. I'm a, oh, God, Mourinho went fucking mental, didn't he? When he had that chance, uh-huh. and he, like, just clipped, he just kicked it out for a goal kick. He just thought, oh, no, that would be unfair to score now, wouldn't it? And he just kicked <laughs> it out for a goal kick. <laughs> like, and he just kicked it out for a goal kick. But literally, Mourinho was like, ah, what are you doing? <sighs> oh, my God, I bet. He's going to get an earful on the coach home tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm sure he is. I'm very happy with the draw. Like I've said, clean sheets, always brilliant. And then again, at this stage of the season, we've only played sort of nine to ten games. Yeah, we don't have to. We didn't have to win this game to progress this season. Yeah, a win would have been perfect, but to we get a point to, at this stage, no, we needed to not lose. Yeah, yeah, to get a point at this stage where other teams are dropping points, like Liverpool. Poor Jurgen Klopp. Mm. And City are still a little bit iffy. I, I, I personally believe Arsenal, they're more... Well, I mean, yeah, they, they, they beat Burnley 5-0, but that's completely standard. They've done that four times in a row. <laughs> yes. Man City's last four games at home against Burnley have finished 5-0, 5-0, 5-0 and 5-0. <laughs> and I believe, pretty sure, right? And now, don't actually quote me on this because... I believe, 
I think I was on the phone when they was talking about this on Sky Sports last night, but I think that they Don't said that in each one of them games, in, in each one of them games, Man City have had a goal disallowed as well. Oh wow, that, that is a stat! Yeah, so My goodness, that is a stat. Yeah, have a look at that one. But yeah, back to the mighty Chelsea anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the mighty Chelsea because at you know, this stage, London is blue. It always will be. Let Spurs have their little moment. You said it before we went on. Spurs can be top in March and they'll still fuck it up. So exactly, that is yeah. what will happen. I mean, yeah, seven, seven days was the longest period of time they've ever been top in the Premier League. <sighs> they haven't been top after this round, this many round of games since like 1961 or something, and they still, they still want to be considered like a top club like they're a big club because they've got a big toilet in North London somewhere and they haven't won nothing for like, like what are they on like just shut up go on well it'll be interesting now with our next league game against Leeds mm. on Saturday and I think that goes quite nicely to our next segue because although I didn't say it at the start of the show we are going to talk about it because this has been this has been a bit of a hot topic for Chelsea supporters within the last 48 hours. And I know that you and I have discussed it at length. Yeah. And I wouldn't say we've been at loggerheads about it, but we have disagreed on a lot of it. All of it. <laughs> Near enough. Yeah. Um, Chelsea leads next Saturday. It's an eight o'clock kickoff, which I think is a bit of a stupid time to have a game on a Saturday night. But. Forget about that for a minute. Fans are allowed back in, albeit maximum 2,000 fans. Chelsea yeah. have, a, have announced that they are going to open the shed lower and the West Stand lower for the Chelsea-Leeds game and the Chelsea-Krasnodar game, which is after Leeds. And they've announced the ticket prices for them matches. I'll start with the Krasnodar game. Warren, I know you, you know all this, but just in case certain fans that are listening to this that don't know, the Krasnodar game, if you want, if you wanted to go, it was £35 in both stands. For the Leeds game, it was £40 in the shed lower, £75 for the West Stand lower. Yeah. Now, for those that are wondering if I can go on the Chelsea website and buy a ticket now, you can't because it was a, it was for a ballot. With season yes. ticket holders from last season. Yes. So if you wanted to get a ticket for these games, you had to enter the ballot. I believe the deadline's passed. So mm-hmm. by the time you listen to this, it was it would have been passed. So hopefully you would have known beforehand. But yeah, Warren, to talk about this, it's sort of well, yeah. I mean, I have to sort of mind the issues with it because the Chelsea no, Supporters no. Trust has issued a statement that the, yeah. the press have taken on have taken upon themselves to highlight the yeah. Chelsea supporters trust aren't happy they feel that the 75 pounds at the West End lower is it, bearing in mind the world we're living in now is pretty much a joke and they feel that Chelsea should change it well, you and I have had major discussions about this and yeah Warren to sort of discuss it to our listeners well, let's just say your views on this. I mean, firstly, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, I find myself agreeing with the Chelsea Supporters Trust more than 90% of the time. They do a fantastic job. They represent the fans um, superbly well, and they, they do it very passionately and very thoroughly and very efficiently, and they do a great job. I do disagree with them on this one, because the price for um, a ticket in a West Ham lower would would have been £71 anyway. It would have been £76 had it, it, it been je- on general sale. Uh, the shed end prices are £40 are completely standard, if not slightly cheaper than what maybe you would pay on a match day, normal match day. The uh, Champions League tickets are completely standard price and what we expected before the season. Um, they've put it up. Let's say that they've put it up £4 from 71 to 75 right? And they're going to get 2,000 fans in for... 12, 15 games, right? They're going to make two, three hundred grand profit more from those limited, limited, limited number of tickets that they're able to sell. And they've lost millions and millions and millions of pounds during the pandemic and spent 250 million pound on players and another 50 million pound on wages over the X amount of years and all the 
rest of it, blah, blah. I don't actually think it's that much of a piss take. I think that they've put it up a very, very small amount. I was a little bit surprised that it wasn't sort of 60 quid or all the tickets were 55 quid, for example. Maybe met in the middle of the 40 and the 75 and made all tickets 57 50 or something so that it was equal everywhere. Maybe they could have done something like that. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a particular issue with it. I, I can understand the supporters club saying we was a little bit disappointed with... Or I can, understand fans of the club saying I was a bit disappointed that it was a couple of quid higher but I felt that Chelsea fans should have understood that it was just a couple of quid and the millions that they've lost and, then re- and still managed to invest in the club and stuff I don't think it's too much to ask really it's literally four quid and they we don't put our ticket prices up regularly our season tickets do generally stay the same price for many years it's still only £30 for every single away game and 30 odd quid for cups and Champions League games and 42 quid's starting price for cup final tickets and stuff and yeah I don't think that Chelsea take the piss with their ticket prices they also done an awful lot for the community and for charity and stuff during the pandemic and stuff so yeah I mean like for the sake of four quid like come on man like that that's my thoughts on it I do completely understand and empathize with people that, like yourself that have the opposite point of view that think that it's sort of like you know taking the piss a little bit I think it's understandable that you think that it's just I think I think that there's a bigger picture there. I think there's a bigger picture there for the club. How can I start this? The only thing I can think of that they've done is they've obviously considered the history that Chelsea have with Leeds. And I believe... I don't think that's a fact. I don't think no, that's no, a fact. No, no, no. I'm, I'm referring to regards to the team in... Category A or a category A or category B. Yeah, it's obviously a double all, a. Yeah, it's all teams are in different categories. A. yeah. Yeah. So, as far as I can tell, a friend of mine did actually say to me yesterday that the last time Leeds were in the Premier League, it was a category double A game anyway. So it was. Yeah, it's a, it was the higher. Chelsea, the Chelsea website still categorises it as a double A match. Yes. So, in regards to that, that's the only way I can see how Chelsea have done that price of seventy five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because of the fact that they probably saw Leeds as a historical yeah, it, rival and they put them well, no, in the double A category. It, it's just it's, it's 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 in terms of viewer demand. Chelsea Leeds is considered a category double A match because the viewer demand for it will be very very, very high. That, that that's all it's got to, that's all it's got to do with. They yeah. shouldn't then price out fans who want to come back so 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 fans that could afford 71 can't afford 75 i think that's being unbelievably there's a a principle involved there is a principle involved of course there is because the club's lost millions the club the club's lost millions yes but then why should then the club fleece the fans for okay yes it's an extra fleecing fleecing yes it's an extra four quid fleecing fleecing is charging fleecing then the principal is charging people 15 quid to watch a game on TV that you should be able to watch for fucking as part of your normal subscription, right? Putting a putting a price up. Bearing in mind, if they if them tickets go on general sale, which obviously they very 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 rarely do for double A category. I know it's a bit of a rare circumstance, right? But if they go on general sale in the West End Lower, they're 76 pounds. So technically, if you wanted to look at it like that, they're one pound cheaper. I don't think that there's an argument to be made that Chelsea. Are fleecing their fans and taking the piss out of their fans it's not like West Ham and Arsenal and what they all do and all the rest of it pricing people out of games and there's other clubs that haven't even got the away day scheme they charge 50-60 quid for away tickets and stuff like that do you know what I mean I'm pretty sure Leeds actually do that Um, so I don't feel hard done by this is one small incident and I I think if you look at the big picture of what Chelsea do for their fans as a club I don't think we've got anything to complain about I just feel looking at it from the sympathetic side of the supporters where some of them who are dying to go, and there are thousands of fans that are dying to go, like you and I, Warren. You know, we are desperate to go to return to the bridge. So why was this not but an issue just, last season? Why was, the fact that it was, why was the fact that it was £71 for a game in the West Stand last season, why was it not an issue then? Because there was no pandemic, fans, there wasn't people dying, there weren't people losing their jobs at a huge rate, there wasn't so much uncertainty in the world. People want to go to football. You're not allowed to drink alcohol, you're not allowed to drink alcohol, so that's saving you money. So if you can afford £71, you can afford £75 by, save, by not drinking one pint. 
Chelsea are not going to make any money off these fans in the ground. You've got to understand, right? The Chelsea have got to open their ground and pay hundreds of thousands of pounds for security and security measures and this and the lights and the electricity and everything in the under soil heating and the, the coaches and the managers and the players and everything. They've got to pay all this money. They've got to let people into the ground for essentially the same price as they did before. Only now they're not allowed to spend loads of money on alcohol. They're probably not allowed to open the mega store or like only allowed a couple of people in there. On a match day, Chelsea would make me millions of pounds potentially now they're going to be losing potentially all of that money every single match day and yet we've put the price up four quid and people complain about it i do emphasize with the people i emphasize with the fact that it's 70 something pound not the fact that it's gone up four pound i emphasize the fact that people are priced out of the game because the tickets are 70 something pound not because it's gone up four pounds since the pandemic that would be my issue with it but talking specifically about it technically going down one pound and i will keep Referring back to that point, the fact that it's technically gone down by one pound in certain instances, I don't see the issue and I have no issue with the way that Chelsea have handled the situation at all. I would have paid the £75 if I would have been lucky enough to get a ticket in the ballot, which I wasn't. Oh, you did try. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You did try. That ticket would have been worth thousands. No, absolutely, I tried. I would have gone absolutely yeah i can see where the supporters trust are coming from i am a member of the supporters trust i'm proud to be a member of the supporters trust i feel what what they what they do for the chelsea supporters is fantastic and i i'm sorry warren i am with them on this one i do feel that at this rate at at this stage because you can't tell me that the four pound is keeping people away from games you can't tell me that you can't it's not you can't can't tell me that it's not you can't tell me that it's not justified giving them the amount of money that Chelsea have lost. You can't actually give me a, a justifiable reason as to why you're against it going up four pounds. No, not, I, not, not in, and the Chelsea supporters trust as well. I suppose from I'm talking to everybody point, that has this opinion. From a club's point, I can understand the seventy-five because normally West Stand is expensive anyway. It's, I've sat in the West Stand upper, and I've spent seventy-eight pounds. Yeah. Chelsea Sunderland last game of the season in 2017. And I would have paid that all day long because I saw my team lift the Premier League. For me, so you that's say priceless. you say that it's disgusting. So you say that it's disgusting that people are priced out of the game, and yet you're the person paying the prices, which keep it at that price. No, no, no. Because, that's a fair comment. No, because I am paying what Chelsea. Listen, at the end of the day, the Chelsea ticket prices are going to be high anyway. It's West yeah. London. They're going to be expensive. We're, we're at the top. We're near the top of the Premier League. We're they're obviously tar- They are obviously the tar- They are obviously targeting not just us diehard supporters. They are obviously targeting certain clientele, tourists, neutral people that, are, that have got the spare money, so they can go to watch a musical on Saturday, watch Chelsea on Sunday. They are targeting them sort of clientele. But back on the tickets, yes, I would pay. 75, 78 quid, but that's yeah. because it's me. But the problem is, I'm not the one who's a season ticket holder that has gone for the tickets, who possibly have been furloughed. Possibly my wife's been furloughed, or my wife has had issues with COVID or whatever, or yeah. a family member's been issued with COVID. You haven't been to a football match since March, or... You know, just be more specific. You haven't been to a Chelsea game since March. Last Chelsea game, it was Chelsea versus Everton, where I went to. You're dying to go. You need that release to go to a football match because you've had your wife next to you or your partner or whoever by your side since March. You've not been able to go out anywhere. You go to football for a release. You have the opportunity to go to football, albeit you've got to wear a mask, you can't drink, as you say. You can't chant. You can't do this. You can't do that. I think Chelsea, you said it anyway. Chelsea don't need the money. Yes, they've lost a lot of money, but they don't necessarily need the Well, they money. do. Well, no. Well, no, they, they absolutely don't, do. Hang on. Let me just finish my point. Let me just finish my point. Though. Let me just finish my point. I feel that as a goodwill gesture, if they were going to put the prices up in the West End lower to £75, they should have mentioned it at the end of the season that they were going to put some of the ticket prices up because certain Chelsea fans did know to an extent that Chelsea were going to put prices up yeah. for the Premier League. I mean, I, I knew that back in February that Chelsea were going to put prices up, but they should have announced it beforehand that 
if you West Stand Low is going to be 75 quid, because then when they announce that one of the stands that will be open is West Stand Lower, yes, you would have known it's 75. Don't announce it when, oh yes, we want 2,000 fans in, but by the way, on one of the stands, you've got to pay 75 pounds. For me, that's a bit of a piss take where considering the fact that with certain people that might look Keith, at it and go, Keith. they want to go in the shit. Hang on. Some people would want to rather, obviously some people looking at it from financially would rather go in the shed. If they then get told, no, but you can go in the West Stand lower, they've got 75 quid. Bearing in mind as well, if you're a person on furloughed, Christmas is coming up. So with that 75 pounds, what are you going to do? Are you going to think about, right, okay, am I going to put myself that's just the way that it is. That's just the way that it is because only 2,000 fans can get in the stadium, right? Chelsea absolutely need the money. There's no way that you can be... There's no way that you can turn a profit and keep your club turning over with absolutely no, no match day funds coming in whatsoever. They've put the price up £4. All this stuff about maybe your wife's had COVID and you've been furloughed and blah, blah, and all the rest of it. If you've got 71 quid, you've got 75 quid. It's the biggest load of bollocks that I've ever fucking heard. People moaning about it. Maybe I can understand people moaning that it's 70-something quid. Like I said, if somebody says to me it's a problem that it's 70, 71, 72, 70, it doesn't matter what it is. It's an issue that it's 60. It's an issue that it's it's 50. I can understand people saying that that's too much, but people saying that Chelsea have put the tickets up £4 and some people knew about it in February, blah, blah. How can they make an announcement about ticket prices when they don't know who's going to be let back in the stadium? Why are they going to do that? Businesses don't do that. That's not just the way that the world works. Goodwill gestures. Chelsea have spent millions of pounds renting out, giving out their hotel to NHS staff and giving money to the local community and dedicating time and money and, and all sorts of merchandise and products and things that have helped the local community. Goodwill gestures, uh, Chelsea have Give us something done enough. The fans. They put it up four the pounds. fans that haven't been They've to got... the stadium since March. Give and, something and, back and, to them. And they're selling the tickets at the price that they was going to be. They haven't actually put them up. This is my point. They haven't actually put them up. They've actually, they've actually, they they've the actually West... gone down. For category double A, it would have been seventy. Was... It would have been seventy-six quid general sale, which is kind yeah, of like is, the ballot has to be considered half a general sale. How many? No, but a ballot has to. But these are unique circumstances. You have to look at it that a ballot almost is like, like half general sale. Like it's a bit of a box office first one who can ring up gets it. But it's the same with it. But listen, it's the same with away games. It's the same with home games. If like there's a certain amount, of, it's the, uh, the same with away games. There's a certain amount of seats and there's more season tickets that are technically allowed to buy them. You have to be first one there. That's just how it is. Like, but you can't tell me that people like. I mean, I can understand that. People can't. People could afford to sit in the shed and not necessarily afford in the West End. That's a big difference. But that was true anyway. Why was it not a problem last season and the season before? Why is nobody talking? Why is everybody saying that this is an issue now, but it never has been before? Because Chelsea have put their tickets up four pound, technically down a pound. I don't. I don't. I don't buy into it at all. I just think it's people. I just think it's people moaning a lot. To be honest with you, I just don't really. I don't see the problem. The ticket price is the ticket price. It would have been that anyway. If it wasn't for the pandemic, like, the thing is, businesses have to go on as normal. Does anyone complain that the pubs are still selling pints at the same prices? When they reopen, are people going to be complaining? Are people going to be so excited that the pub's happy going back to football? It's going to the pub, same sort of thing. They're going to go to the pub and be like, oh, the pubs are still selling pints at the same prices. I thought it was a good world gesture. I'd get the first 15 for free. Like, like it's just, do you see what I mean? It's just, it's, it's nonsense complaining about them price of the tickets because the price of the tickets are the same as they would have been anyway and yes people have been on furlough and all the rest of it Chelsea have lost a lot of money as well Chelsea have been paying their staff 100% of their wages whilst their staff are not producing anything financially for the club they're not doing their work they're all sat at home even the players they're paying and they're paying everyone full price whilst giving their hotel out to NHS staff and all the rest of it and yet they've kept the ticket prices the same as they was going to anyway and people think that Chelsea are taking the piss and not like no I just I don't buy into it at all I think it's nonsense I still think we're going to beat Seville though <laughs> if you are lucky enough to have got a ticket for either Leeds or Krasnodar game please get in touch with us and tell us how you feel on the situation or if you tried and failed to get a ticket for the Leeds and Krasnodar game get in touch with us at the Blue Day Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and message us in the inbox where we will actually air it out and we will actually, you know, try and get warrant. some videos, we will discuss get some it. videos so, so that we can mm. sort of um, try and take in the, the really unique atmosphere that it's going to be and like, you know, and, 
Now, obviously, you get some videos where you can hear the players talking to each other. That's going to be quite a unique thing that like people in the ground are now going to hear everything that the players are saying and stuff. So I think that's going to be like quite interesting. So, yeah, absolutely get in touch. You know, we've obviously got the Instagram, the Facebook, the email, the YouTube, the Twitter. Like, you can't miss us now. Type Blue Day Podcast into any search bar anywhere and you'll find us. <laughs> absolutely. And one thing we would like to mention as well is Chelsea obviously have their policy with the tickets. Obviously, in regards to the ballot itself, I know there was a few people that had the ump about yeah. the ballot. But at the end of the day... There was no other way of doing it. There was no other way. Yes, there was no other way. Certain people were saying, oh, but what about, you know, people that have been to Chelsea longer? No, that that, that would not have worked. Nice. So, unfortunately, folks, a ballot was the only... That would have been... That would have literally, that would have literally been ageist because that would be like saying, oh, Keith, you can't go because Warren supported Chelsea longer than you. That would be the biggest, the most unfair load of nonsense ever. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd accept it if I got a ticket over you, but it would still be really unfair on you. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't go anyway because I'm in Tier 3. So, and because of that... Oh, yes, yeah, so am I. I mean, I'm in Tier 3. I mean, I would have lied and changed my address to a somewhere oh, well, in Tier 1. I would have done but, the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I certainly would have done the same. But also, I, I was a little bit... I weren't too bothered. I'm not bothered. It's a at the end. It's hundred mile round trip. Well, I wasn't me, particularly so. bothered about not going because th- at the end of the day, yes, there's only maybe going to be 2,000 fans in there, but it just, in my eyes, it would not have been the same. I, so might, try and pa- I might try and parachute in. That'd be a good laugh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am still, I'm, I'm still looking forward to the Leeds game. I'm still looking forward yeah, to no, the game. We uh, will... Like to, go on, good, like to go on a good run now. Yes. We will... Review the matches. <clears throat> Excuse me. We will review the matches as always. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're, they're on telly all month, happy days. Warren, let's near, we're near the end of the show, finally. So we can finally get our breath back from having the argument. But we just want to sort of touch on a few brief, small little points. Sean Rye Phillips has been announced. Yes. On Friday, that he is our next guest on the Blue Day podcast. We have had some feedback on that, and thank you for those that have sent in their feedback. Thank you for those who have acknowledged us on their social media platforms that Sean Wright Phillips is coming on as a guest. I'm excited with this. I feel that he has got a story to tell amongst his Chelsea career. There are things that did happen, many good memories that happened while he was a Chelsea player. So I'm excited for that. That show will be out in December. But also, if you're listening to this for the first time and was not aware, we also interviewed the legend that is Ron Chopper Harris. And if you would like to hear that interview, please find it on YouTube. It is on there. Please find it on iTunes as well. So subscribe to us through them platforms. Find it. And we are hoping in the new year, in 2021, where hopefully Chelsea fans, more than 2,000 fans, can go back to the stadium. We will hopefully have more guests coming on the show. Warren, I know there's a few seeds that have been planted a little bit with certain people that I've mentioned to you about. And well, I think we're not going to say too much at the moment. No, but no, no, but I think that's underplaying it. I think we're quite excited by it's, it. It's, 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 it's fair to say that, you know, there's certain talks with certain um, ex-people associated with the club who are, you know, needless to say, quite famous people that I think everybody will know. And they're in advanced talks. You know, it seems like we will be able... It very, very much seems like our little precedence of a good little run of guests coming on the show in quite a short period of time is going to continue into early next year. So, yeah, very, very excited about that. And keep checking the YouTube and subscribe to it so you get the alert so that you can and see the exclusive um, announcements as they happen. And you will be doing the Chelsea Seville watch-along as well? Uh, yes, very, very likely. To all intents and purposes, that is the plan. Yeah, absolutely. But um, definitely for the Leeds game next Saturday as well. Oh, yes. I'm going yes. to try, try and do a watch-along for, you know, all Premier League games and then definitely the bigger games in the Champions League. The Sevilla game, you know, if we win the Sevilla game, I probably wouldn't do a watch-along for the Krasnodar game because less would be riding on it. So, um, But yeah, for sure. But for sure, leave next week, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. 
Warren, do you have any news before we decide to depart on this Sunday evening? Do you, do, you um, have, do you have anything else that you'd like to mention Chelsea related before we? Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't watch I Arsenal. All in all, I think. Well, oh yeah. Um, I suppose I probably will put the. No, in fact, I'm probably going to take the dog out for a run. Um, he needs to go out, and then I'll probably need to go off and get into bed because it's an early start tomorrow. So um, no, I probably won't watch the uh, the battle of the mid-table teams. Um, Trying to put pressure on Man United just above mid-table there. <laughs> uh, so uh, no, no, no. That's pretty much going to be it for for me for the rest of the night. It's been it's been a good week all in all football wise. Obviously, what with the uh, the win last week and then the win in midweek and then not losing today another clean sheet. Yeah, positive. Looking forward. Looking forward to the Sevilla game. Good. So please join us next week on the Blue Day podcast where we will be reviewing the Seville and the Leeds game and we will have more announcements coming up whereby there are certain, as Christmas is coming up, there are certain potential Chelsea memorabilia that is coming onto the market a little bit that we are hoping to promote. We just need to find the last few details in proceedings, but that will be something that we're going to hopefully promote next week Warren that's going to be something that I'm looking forward to sharing as well because they are for they are for good causes yeah you know it will help the charities involved so we we would like to do that and also we will hopefully give more information out on the upcoming Sean Wright Phillips interview but Warren enjoy the rest of your evening folks stay safe keep the blue flag flying high I will let Harry J and the All-Stars play us out stay safe and carefree Network.